This is episode 259 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now a word from our sponsor, Control and Compound. Infinite banking in under 60 seconds. We've all got to save our money somewhere, and we think that a high cash value life insurance policy is the perfect place to save it. Why? We're going to save our money inside this policy, and it's going to grow tax-free. Down the road, we're going to get hit with an emergency or an opportunity, maybe a chance to buy a business, real estate property, an income-producing asset. And instead of withdrawing from our savings account, we're going to leverage that asset. We're going to borrow the insurance company's money, and we're going to invest in that opportunity. Our money is still inside of that policy, compounding, uninterrupted, tax-free, and our money's outside in this investment opportunity. We're going to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, all while providing a death benefit for our families. Down the road, we're going to retire. Now we retire with a high cash value life insurance policy with a lot of cash. We're going to start taking those policy loans again, but this time we're never going to pay them back. When I say never, I mean we're going to pay them back with the death benefit when we die, and our families are going to get left with the rest completely tax-free. For more information, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have Aaron Husak on, and Aaron is in Western Canada, Kelowna specifically, and this was a very refreshing episode. Aaron is investing in mammoth cash flow properties. He's a guy that acts on absolute fundamentals. He's a good negotiator, and he's getting absolutely amazing deals. And the interesting thing with Aaron uh, one of the most interesting things I thought was that his motivations are purely enjoying the process, which if you enjoy the process, man, like you're not going to have to pry yourself out of the bed. You're not going to have to hype yourself up with your why. It's just going to be like, man, this is going to be fun today. Um, and he's having fun. I can tell he's having fun. Um, he talked about his fundamentals on today's show. He's got a trades background. So he's a plumbing and heating mechanical background. Uh, so he has a very good sense of what things should cost. And he's looking for properties that need a lot of work. So he talked specifically uh, on today's show about a property in Kelowna, BC, as well as a property in Calgary, Alberta, what he did and uh, the cash flow that he's getting. Uh, so got a very good sense of his approach for investing, and I found it super interesting. I think you will, too. As always, I'm just going to ask you before we get into the show, if you're enjoying the show, please share it with somebody. Uh, if you think this could help somebody, please share it with them. Uh, help this show to grow more. Uh, that's how I can keep making episodes for you. Um, and without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in with Aaron Husak. Please enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Aaron Husak. Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, Aaron's on the show from out west, so we're doing a distance episode here. Aaron, thanks for, for doing this. I know we had a mutual acquaintance that was uh, connecting us, and I don't know your story, so I'll uh, first off hand it off to you uh, to, uh, to kind of share with us a little bit about your background and how you came to be on this podcast talking about real estate. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I've, I've been in the trades at a young age into the trades at about i'm gonna say around 16 years old and i ended up getting my plumbing heating gas fitting ticket at uh, 20 years so i was pretty young at that time getting my tickets and uh, i live in Kelowna, bc so i jumped in at about 20 and i purchased my kind of first house then and it was a grow up and i kind of renovated and that's kind of how i got started in the industry it was a grow up, you said? Yeah, it was a grow up. So it, it, we had to got everything down to the studs. 
um, pull everything out. They had a big grow up downstairs. So it was, it was pretty nasty. Wow. That's interesting. Um, I have many questions to ask you about that. Okay. So tell me about the grow up. Uh, so one of the interesting things with these is, and, and I've actually nixed the deal, like I, the day before closing, uh, I, I didn't close it and I already had windows ordered for it and everything like ready to renovate, mm-hmm. found out it was a former grow up. Uh, and the reason I didn't like them is because like forever in the banks, um, the bank's records, it's a grow up. Even if you tore down the house, excavated out the foundation and started from scratch, that's a former grow up, that address. So how did you handle that? And did you find it was an issue with the banks? Like, tell me about it. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think, I mean, that was a long time ago. Now, I didn't, we had to do a B lender, I remember on it, but it didn't really worry me. I mean, I was 20 years old at the time too. Nothing worries you when you're 20. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I I, kind of just thought, okay, there's a, there could be a lot of mold, kind of a lot of stuff. There's processes and systems we had to do, obviously with the city, the removal, the remediation, but we just went step by step and I took those processes and I I completely gutted the whole thing. So down to the studs. Um, I got it for a really good price at the time. So I got it for about 240000 And that's in Cologne. I mean, prices have <laughs> skyrocketed since then. But even then, that yeah. was a really good price. So I knew I had a buffer for my renovation. Yeah, that's great. And and I think grow ups could potentially be a fantastic opportunity. And I've always thought that. It's just like there's this unknown that comes with it. Um, now... I know that some banks will work with them if they're they've had full remediation and it's been documented um and and that would make sense and i i guess this is probably one of those fear of the unknown scenarios where if you become an expert in it you just go out and be the guy that buys grow ops and uh you know converts them back but i just having worked in the mortgage biz i'd I'd have these lenders come visit me and they'd just say oh yeah we don't do former grow ops just like factually we just don't do them like oh well what if they're immediate just yeah totally that's cool but yeah we don't do them (laughs) okay well that's kind of the problem so uh interesting so did you end up selling that one no i i still have it today i still have it today i have it rented out and everything's going smooth with it so who's it who's it financed with if you don't mind me asking right now it's financed with td okay so they didn't have an issue or I guess it just no, didn't come up. No. <laughs> it didn't come up. No, no, no. It, I didn't. Yeah, because if issue. they knew, if it. they knew on the buy, like the lawyers do the searches, they would tell the bank, right? But if you were the B lander to start and you refinance, I'd, maybe it just doesn't even come up. I don't know. That's interesting. It, it, it is, and I don't think it even came up after I went with the B lender and yeah. and uh, I didn't even refinance it. I think the term we had like a two year term, I believe. And then I just flipped it to the A, obviously the A lender, but there was no questions. And I didn't remember having any yeah. problems with it. And I bet you a lot of times, like even with actual former grow ups, there's just no one notices and it just slips on through. Right. So that's great. Hopefully you never yeah. have an issue. Yeah. I mean, I can't see why at this point you would, but yeah, that's, that's really cool. So uh, tell me a little bit more about, you know, what you did after that. So, so how long, well, first off, how long have you been investing? You said 20s when you started. So how old are you now? I'm 34 now. I I took a hiatus for probably till about cuz uh, till about 2016 cuz I started a plumbing and heating company on my own, a little con- a little construction company for about 6 years but with kind of with everything that wasn't working out the best for me. I really struggled and having uh, uh having people not paying things like that and so i 
didn't really uh, purchase real estate. Yeah, I would say for for probably the next six years or so, or seven years, and then I kind of jumped back into it. So there was there was a gap. There was a, a gap there. What year did you jump back in? I'm going to say 2016, 2017. I started really purchasing real estate again. Okay, and was it still good deals in Kelowna? There's still, you know what? There was still a lot of good deals. There was still yeah. a lot of good deals. Like, give me an example. What were you buying for in 16? And like, what type of project were you trying to, to acquire? Uh, what did it look like? So 2016, I wouldn't say I was just trying to buy houses and build suites. Like I didn't know the burr, burr method. I wasn't doing that. So my first place I bought for about, it was a brand new renovated house and I bought it for about 450000 and it had a suite at the top, suite at the bottom, completely redone. I just built a wall in the stairs, and uh, I lived at the top, rented out the bottom, and I, I got it appraised maybe four months later, and it was probably worth five fifty, maybe a hundred grand more just by purchasing it. Wow. So that was kind of, that was my second house, I should say, because I did still own my other house from there. And, and did it fully, like... One. Did that fully cover? So you said four hundred and what you bought it for? Four hundred and fifty thousand. Four fifty. Okay. So did it did it fully cover from a cash flow standpoint with you renting uh, from out? the from the downstairs? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I lived in the top, but if I rented everything out, it'd probably cash flow about four hundred yeah. bucks a month. That one. Oh okay. So not a not a complete uh, house hack for you, but it was like a a, a pretty good house hack. It, it helped you save a yeah. few a few hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Exactly. Got the the tenants paying your mortgage. Exactly. That's, uh, exactly. that's a great strategy. Okay, so then things kept progressing for you. You you had just shut down the the plumbing and heating business, not doing that anymore. <laughs> so were you exactly. just fully on your own, like you're an entrepreneur renovating houses and and doing your thing yeah. at that point? And then uh, yeah, but I was also at a second job. I was also in sales. So I this is when I jumped into sales for the heating and cooling side. Okay. And then I jumped into it. So I had a sales job and then I wasn't running my own company or I had the, the sales, I started the sales side of things for heating and cooling. Okay. So you moved away from that, got into sales as an employee. Are you still doing that now? I'm still, I'm still doing that. I'm still, okay. uh, I'm still sales. I'm that sales. helps, yeah. that helps get mortgages and such. Okay. It does. It does. All right. So talk me through the progression of like kind of properties you got into after that. Yeah. So then I would say I, I purchased a second property and they had it. And this is, I think it was 2017, 2018. And there was a bit of a slump and they had it up for, they had it up for 480,000 and it was a dump. It was really gross. Um, and sitting on the market for about, I want to say about 90 days. And I believe I offered them 380. They told me to go pound sand. They then called me a month later and say, okay, would you do 440? And I said, you know, how am I supposed to do that with the numbers? And, you know, I'm an investor. And then they came back another month later and they, they gave me what I wanted for about 380. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So 380 and what were you able to do with that one? So then I completely renovated it. Uh, I believe I put, I put about a, I want to say about 80 K into it and it has six bedrooms. So three bedrooms down, a bathroom, a kitchen, three bedrooms up, 
uh, bathroom kitchen. Um, so I think it came in at 480 and then I got appraisal and it was worth about 630 at the time. So you were in for 480 with your rentals? Yeah. Yeah. And were you doing any of those rentals yourself or was it all subcontracted? Um, no, I contracted a lot of it out. I mean, I do know the construction side very well. Like I say, I got my plumbing, heating, gas, fitting ticket. So, um, I had some friends come in, but I did contract, I would say 80, 85% of it out. Okay. Just did a little, a uh, few of the jobs yourself. Like, would you do your own plumbing because that's your, your trade? You know what? Not my, I, I put a couple toilets in, in the kitchen sink. That was it. Okay. I didn't do too much. Yeah. And and now time. fast forward to today, are you doing any work at all yourself or is it all contracted? No, no, it's all contracted out. Okay. So that's a good segue into today because obviously you've given us some numbers that people just can't relate to anymore unless they go to the U S yes. you can still relate there. Uh, yeah. What, what does it look like now? Are you still acquiring properties out there? It, no, um, it's, it's interesting. There's a couple, I think I've had some, I bought a couple floor closures, like in the since I actually it was interesting, I, I listened to your a friend gave me your podcast in 2020, and that's when I heard about the burr, and that's where I studied what you did. So I actually had some pretty good wins in the last couple of years in Calgary, and we just got one in Kelowna. Um, so depending which route you want to start, we can talk about the Alberta properties were first, and we just purchased one a couple, yeah. well, probably about seven, eight months ago in Kelowna, which yeah. has been doing really well. Well, I, I want to focus on Kelowna a little bit because... I don't know that I've had anybody who invests in Kelowna on here. I feel like maybe there was one, um, but okay. I love Kelowna. I've been there one time and I thought it was just beautiful yeah. in the summer. It's amazing. Okay. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it just struck me as a place where it'd be quite unaffordable because it's such a desirable place. Although I hear it has a lot of drug problems too. So I don't know where that all, you know, kind of lands, but um, it, it seems like a really nice place to be, which, which would indicate probably expensive. So talk to me about how the numbers work these days. Yeah, I mean, everything's pretty high, but I mean, my strategy is I still go on the MLS and I would look for properties that were on the MLS, you know, 90, 100, 150 days. And then I would I would contact the the seller agent and I would talk to them myself. So um, probably I can't remember exactly seven, eight months ago, I contacted uh, I saw a full duplex. So the property had, you know, we added a couple bedrooms. So one side had six bedrooms, three bathrooms. The other side had six bedrooms, three bathrooms. So 12 bedrooms, uh, six bathrooms total. So it's a pretty big place, just around 4,000 square feet. So wait, you, you um, called that it, a duplex. So you're saying six bedrooms in, in is it like a side-by-side, -side, like a semi-detached? Side-by-side, side-by-side duplex. Yeah. Side-by-side -side duplex. We call it that you can turn it into a fourplex. Okay. Um, so okay. is that what you did or the plan was to, to separate the units into a fourplex? Yeah. Well, well, what we did, it was, it was, it was a praise, like basically the assessment was at a million 50,000 and they had it up for 970,000 and I saw it sitting there for days and days and days. And I contacted the seller agent and I went, I went really low. I offered them 600,000 for the property. They told me to go pound sand, obviously, <laughs> take a hike. They came back to me two months later and they said, okay, um, what about 800 grand? And I said, I can't do that. Then they contacted me a month later. They said 650. And I said, let's get it done for 600. 
So I ended up stealing that property for $600,000. <laughs> you just stay right on the 600. That's great. I, I, I stay, I, I stay on that. I, so were you not motivated at 650? Was, did the deal not work? I don't know. A part of me likes to have fun and I, I usually use it as a game. I would Dude, see you, you live life no. on the edge, man. I would have taken the 650 probably. <laughs> like if I'm going to do the deal at 600, I'm probably doing it at 650. Um, uh, uh, yeah, especially yeah, that type I of just, deal where I, I know, know it's, it's like a, it's a value add project, right? Like you're going in, you're going to be, um, adding units. But I mean, at that point, could you not have just like closed it, relisted it on the market? If you were interested in flips, you could have relisted it on the market for probably 700 and sold it. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. There would have been some value. like instant profits for you. Oh, oh yeah. I knew the value right away of if I, if I renovated it and I knew the after repair value. So I don't know why I didn't go for the 650. I just wanted that 600 and, and I ended up getting it. So, yeah. Would you have been disappointed was, though, if you didn't get it like 650, you said, but then they lowered the price list, you know, on the market and, and, uh, and got a sale done. I guess you probably would have been disappointed. Oh, yeah, I, would, I would have been kicking myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking, yeah. thinking about this. It's great to like, man, it, it really reaffirms how important it is to be making offers at numbers that work for you. And then just, just make a lot of them and don't be emotionally attached to any one deal. That way, if it comes around, uh, you know, you're never going to get anything if you're not making offers. I, I completely agree. And I think Andrew, my strategy is making three to four deals a week now. And like you're making three or four really offers a week. It. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm calling. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm trying so you're calling right up now. the listing agents. You're never taking a buyer yeah. rep. You're calling up all the listing agents. Now, of course, all of them are going to try and get you on a buyer rep or most yep. of them, but I'm sure you just say, I'm an investor. I don't do that. So please don't present me with a buyer yep. rep. Like you can have the buyer rep exactly. for this property, but we're not, we're not going to be doing that for, uh, it, it, for that. exactly, exactly. Do you sign customer? Is it customer service that they do for you? Or are you signing, uh, are you signing like they're representing you and the seller equally? See, that's a funny question because what happened with the Kelowna property, um, is she then went back to, uh, her client and she wanted a bigger commission. So then she was essentially working for me as well. Really? So she, yeah. So it's, I feel it. I don't know. Some well, real estate agents. They're, they're going to get like the double end, right? If they do customer service for you, I, I think they still like double end the deal, right? Um, like they yeah. represent the seller and I don't know, the laws might be different in, in BC for that. So I, I don't really know. Like in Ontario, I know I see that like, uh, I, as a seller have signed with a realtor as customer service. So they didn't represent me and, and they were, they were representing the buyer's interests and, uh, yeah. I had to be okay with that and still pay them. But, uh, yeah. So in your case, like it's so smart what you're doing. First off, you're being consistent. You're making a lot of offers working with the, the realtor directly. That realtor is extremely motivated to get a deal done for yes. the ability to double end the deal. So in, you know, yes. maybe they're getting five, 6% commission. Instead of yes. two and a half, three, I, I don't know. Ab absolutely. Is it normally like two and a half out there for, for a buyer, uh, real estate agent? Do you know? Oh, you know what? They, they all vary. They, they all do, vary. Of Some of them. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what I find is they really, and they might say they have their client's best interest and I'm sure some of them do, but a lot of them then just see the money signs and oh, they no, start they, and like we call that commission breath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they find yeah, out what yeah. what I could make that much. Oh, really? You want to work with me directly? You don't have your own realtor? It's just it's just an extra motivation for them to find reasons to convince the seller to work with your offer. 
you know what, Absolutely. if you work with this guy, I'm working directly with him so I can kind of massage the deal, make sure everything goes smooth, you know, like, and not, and some of it's very legitimate, right? So, um, yeah, good on you for doing that and being so consistent. So tell me what you're like, tell me like macro at this deal, like what do the numbers look like when you're done? And are, are you in the process of renovating this now? It's, it's pretty, it's like 95% complete. So I can run some of these numbers with you right now. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. You purchased for 600 and I write that in. What do you think your total yeah. renos and carrying to get to the finish line are? Okay. So renos were probably, now we did the whole thing. Now I got, like I said, I had a lot of friends friends and contractors that I knew I got some stuff at cost, but it was about 180,000, 190,000 call it. Okay. So probably around 790 K for that and carrying costs. We're probably looking at about 3000 a month for six months. So what's that about 15, 20 grand. And you, what you came in with a mortgage and you're saying carrying costs is just, yeah, that's your interest and your, your property tax and insurance, everything covered in that 3000. Yeah. Probably go three to four grand Four call yeah. it four grand, four grand a month for six months. Yeah. I uh, call it eight, call it eight months. Yeah. Eight months. Okay. So you're like two twenty two thousand to do all of that. And so yeah. that puts you in an all in around eight twenty eight twenty two. I got here. Exactly. So I was looking at, at, uh, and then I guess we were looking at comparables too in the area in Kelowna side by side duplexes and it goes up and down, but it's completely done. So I think each side, I mean, I'm, I'll be conservative is probably about 650,000 per side. Okay. So one, 3 million for the whole thing. Yeah. So let's work out the rest of the numbers. So what do you, what do you plan to do with it first off? So you're gonna have four units. Are they just going to be four units rented out? I'm actually just going to do, it's actually two units. So one side has six bedrooms, three okay. bathrooms. And what, what we plan to do is I'm going to get students in there and, uh, I'm, I'm, they say you can get about a thousand bucks a room, but I'm shooting for eight seventy five per room. So I'm going to fill each room up with students. So 875 times 12, basically. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see. So that's 10,500 a month. Yeah. That sounds nice. All right. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. So, um, what are your property taxes on that place? I think they're around who, it's all going to be, I think it's around 3,800. That's it. Okay. So Kelowna's not too bad. Yeah. Cause no, cause it's only, cause I haven't, what I could do is I can legalize it and separate the two, but I haven't done that yet, but so, the two duplexes. Oh, are you saying like to, to convert it into four units or you're saying it's not even technically two separate units is it's, or sorry, two separate uh, legal addresses. It's just, well, it's, it's one it's building. Got two, it's got two separate legal addresses. Yeah. Um, but, but it's, it's one title considered exactly. It's yeah, not two okay. titles. Okay. One title. Okay. That's good clarity there. Okay. So, um, what's the insurance, uh, bill there? I mean, I, obviously you guys have forest fires, uh, once a year. So, um, it's what does that yeah. affect things? <laughs> you know what? It depends if you're in the area where it does, right. If you're closer yeah. to, you know, forests and things like that, but this one's not too bad. It's about 
It's about 4,000 a month or 4,000 a year. Sorry. 4,000 a year. Okay. And then maintenance. Um, what are we going to, I just got to actually correct the number of doors here. Um, what do you, what do you budget typically like a 5%? Even a little lower. Well, like there's not a lot of maintenance on this one. Like I get them to shovel the driveways. I get them to do everything. I mean, the place is completely redone. So I typically, when I renovate and got everything, there's no issues, right? I never have electrical issues or plumbing yeah. issues. And, and well, put it, put it this way. Like if you had to repaint it, especially with students, you know, repaint yeah, yeah. rooms in here. Like, so if we budget 3%, that's 3780 uh, a year. Yeah. Could you, could you see yourself spending that? I couldn't, but, couldn't? but, um, right, we'll put that down no, at two. No, but we, let's put it down as well. Let's just okay. So we'll put that down that at there. two, but then I'm going to have a 2% replacement reserve for the one day that you got to replace the furnace, replace the roof, yeah. the windows and oh, stuff. No, yeah. So, everything's done. Yeah. Everything's yeah. done. Yeah. Furnace, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we just budget 2% as a reserve for down the road when you have to do it. But I agree with you. Yeah. Everything's done. I like to build that in just because one day you'll have to pay it and you'll want to have budgeted for it. <laughs> Um, yeah 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 okay so uh common utilities in that case you'd be paying everything right if you're doing students correct correct so what do you think you're gonna pay for 12 that's kids? a good that's you're have a one good internet question. right one internet you'll share that for the whole thing are you gonna give tv yeah. i don't i don't think so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna see i mean it's got like i put tankless hot water heater systems in there the highest yeah. efficient furnaces we did everything so that's I don't Okay, so, that's a so good if we just question. break it down to electric, water, and gas, like could you see yourself spending yeah. five hundred dollars a month between those three consistently? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I, I could yeah. see like if I did that property here, I would spend more than that. I'd probably be like six hundred a month consistently. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, we could just I think that those seem seem like fair numbers for sure. Yeah. Okay, so are you gonna provide internet or you're not sure? Uh, I'm not sure. I might just provide it because it's not too much to throw in there. Maybe a hundred bucks a month. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So exactly. if you do all that, you're like 7,200 for the, uh, for the utilities and internet, uh, landscaping and snow. You're going to have to do that. I'm assuming, uh, use those well, students, I, or unless well, you're going to have the students yeah. do it. I'm going to have the students do it. I'll have shovels there and stuff for them. I wouldn't get them to do the grass cutting cause they'll never do it. Um, no, and, and it's actually it's all gravel in the front. Like it's all gravel to park up there, oh, and yeah? then and yeah, and the backyard's getting excavated because we're actually I'm it's I'm going to put uh, some units in the back. It's zoned for it. I'm waiting till next year until the sewer because it's on septic. So next year, you know, build a carriage house in the back. Oh, cool! So there's there's more uh, opportunity here. Okay, so oh yeah, yeah. If you're gonna have the kids do all the uh, the upkeep, uh, so you have no maintenance costs, I'll just leave like a $500 miscellaneous allowance there. Um, so that mm. that puts you at 1.3 million. Even if you bought on the market at 1.3, I'm getting a nine percent cap rate, which is insane. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. you're gonna finance this with what kind of institution when you're done? Like you're gonna burn this, I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm gonna burn and pull all the money out, and then um, I'm so actually just working. What kind my... of mortgage do you think yeah. though? Like is is a like banks are not going to love this because they're going to know it's a student rental likely, right? Yeah, it's going to be commercial. It's going to be commercial. Yeah, so you go like 75% commercial financing, 25-year amortization, um, probably like an 8% rate. Maybe, I don't maybe 8 less. Percent, eight, eight, seven? Yeah, probably around 7, 7% 7 yeah, right okay. now. I got another one in Red Deer. It's commercial and it's 7%. So. Cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's... Um, 
there's a lot of movement in the bond rates lately. So, yes. I mean, what we yes. say today might not be true next month, but yeah. Um, hopefully it'll be less for you. That'd be good. Exactly, okay, so your exactly. net cash flow in that scenario, if all those numbers play out like we just discussed, is $2,900 a month. Yeah. That's a great yeah, deal. Yeah, it's not bad. That's a great deal. That's just that's just one property. Yeah, so, yeah so it's not you, bad at all. Are you doing this one by yourself or with, with a partner? No, I got, got a partner in it as well. Okay, yeah. so I'm just running through your numbers here. Your total investment, that's... Well, that's the key here. What is your total investment going to be? Uh, because you're only you're going to have like perfect burr here. There's not I can't even calculate an ROI because your seventy five percent of one point three million, if you get that, is nine hundred seventy five. But you're only going to be in for eight twenty two. So, exactly. So you're pulling out you know ninety grand plus getting three thousand dollars a month in rent. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to pull that ninety grand out. We'll just pull the money we 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 uh, put into it out. Okay, so you wouldn't take the full mortgage. You just take enough to get what you what you had to do. Uh, exactly. Back. So it might be yeah. whatever that is, sixty five percent loan to value. Okay. Whatever it is. Yeah, which is just going to make your cash flow that much better. But if you're doing deals yeah. like that all day long, like rinse and repeat, like I don't. It's been a while since I've heard a lot of people coming on the podcast talking about that kind of success in the modern era, like since since the uh, you know rates started coming up. So I I yeah yeah. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> I just I just don't think. I, I mean, my system is like I look for foreclosures. I look for. I'm always it's consistency. I'm always throwing out offers and I have no emotional attachment and I know the number I need. Like we just, we finished one in Calgary, a fourplex and that was another slam dunk and that was a foreclosure. Right. So, I, so they do actual yeah. foreclosures in Calgary, not, not power sales. No, it's actual foreclosure. Yeah. So it's bank owned then. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're buying from one of the, like one of the big banks, presumably, or could have been something else. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it was a real estate agent I met down there contacted me and he said, hey, because I had another fourplex down there. He goes, this is identical to what you have. We could pr You could probably scoop it up for this number. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, this you could probably scoop it up for this number. And he, I, I don't think they're supposed to tell you. He goes, we have yeah. one offer. And I said, well, what's the offer? He goes, ah, I'm not supposed to say. I said, come on, come on. And he told me the, the number. And then I went uh, 5,000 above his and I got it. <laughs> Man, that used to happen to me and they're not supposed to say that. That used to happen to me ah. uh, bidding against this guy. I would try and buy properties and I would put it my, like, yeah. I'd put a pretty aggressive offer in and every yeah. time he'd be the last to present and he would always insist on presenting in person. And then wouldn't you know it, he'd beat my offer by 600 bucks. Like not even a thousand dollars more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and obviously I know what's I mean, happening, was, but nobody's going to say it. Nobody's going to say it. Yeah. I was on the end of the, the other side of that one. Yeah. Well, man, you're, uh, you're pulling out the, the lucky ones there. That's great. Uh, so that one, is that similar type of numbers to this? You said you turned it as a fourplex? Yeah. 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 It's, it's similar. I can run through those kind of numbers right now too, if you want. Yeah, give me high level. Like, you know, what's it look like? Is that going to be a student rental? Is that going to generate over $10,000 a month too? No, no. Like it's so basically I purchased it for $520,000. Um, put $135,000 into it after, you know, it was around 
call it 680 with and then there was holding cost seven but it just i i'm still getting that one appraised soon but i've talked to a couple appraisers and they say it's going to be worth about a million okay so, so for 700 it's, not, it's worth a million you're still probably going to be able to pull all your money out or close to oh yeah 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 no i'll be able to pull i i kind of crunched some numbers and they even said even maybe a million fifty because it just keeps going up in Calgary. Um, I'll be able to pull everything out and maybe yeah. you know an extra fifty eighty grand. But that one's got higher because I each each unit rents for about two grand, and there's four units, and then it's just long term yeah. renters. Okay, so you're yeah you're gonna be eight grand a month. Maybe Which, just 70... a little under two. Okay, so like seventy five hundred. Yeah, I call it seventy five hundred. Yeah, I mean, there's still, and we could run through the rest of the numbers too. Like, are your taxes similar? Like, like 3,500 a year or uh, something uh, like that? Tell me about what that what that looks like. Yeah, yeah taxes about 3,500 a year. Um, insurance is 3,800 or 3,500. Yeah, and then maintenance on something like that, like budget a little higher, obviously, I think. Or, or yeah, it's fully funny. Redone I got, as well. Well, I got, it's fully redone. Everything's gutted. Everything's new. And then I've got a, another fourplex on the same road. So there's a guy there that I pay 20 bucks an hour and he maintenance. He's the biggest handyman. He knows everything. So it's, it's really handy to have him there for oh, now. That's awesome. but yeah. Yeah. And what kind of management do you have out there? Um, I've got, I mean, I've got a couple friends in Calgary that go and look at the property, but there's not a lot to manage. Cause so you don't renovated. actually use man property managers. <laughs> No, no, they're they're I don't believe in them. Okay, so I budgeted four and a quarter percent on that other deal. Uh, oh yeah, manager. no, I don't use no. Okay, no, so your cash flow no is even better on the other deal. So yeah, um, and I'm when, not going to take that ninety probably k out too. So when people, yeah, when people put uh, when when they self manage, I usually just budget like one percent to cover some of your internal costs. Um, yeah. Okay, utilities on something like this, are, are you going to just be paying for water because it's central, or is there anything else central they, like like gas? No. They put everything under their name. So they put water and sewer under their name. Electric so are there four gas. separate water meters? Yeah. Yeah. So you have no utilities? No, no utilities. Dude, that sounds great. So um, yeah, I'm, working, I'm working your numbers out here. Let's see here. So. Let's see here. Equals. I may have made a mistake on your last one now that I'm looking at my formulas in the sheet. Did, did my numbers sound too too high on your last one? Uh, to, for cash flow, do you mean? Yeah. Or did you think it, it seemed sense? a little? It seemed a little low. A little low? You think it'd be more than than what I said? I, I do, I do, but that's okay. okay. We'll All right. So on this one, it. yeah, I might have made a mistake, but anyways, so on this one, uh, you are gonna be. Are you gonna finance it the same way? Seventy five percent loan to value. Uh, see, no, depending, depending not like I, I just usually typically take out what I put in okay. depending on the situation. Right. So, all right. So 75 would be 750, but if you're all in for, for 70 or 700, then we'll just do 70% loan to value. Mm -hmm. Uh, so 25 year am 7%, your cash flow would be like 1300 a month on that. Does that sound right? Or you think that sounds too conservative? Yeah, we went 7,500. I'm getting like 18, 19, some too. So it's probably okay. I mean, call it 15 to two, I call it about two grand. Yeah. And I have that, that replacement reserve in there, like just for yeah, life cycle yeah, items, yeah. which obviously in, yeah. in reality in your cash flow, it's actually higher. So yeah, I get that. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so just but... for purposes of calculating total return, I mean, I can't calc calculate an ROI because you have no money into it, but you do have your time into it. Um, yeah. So this is the type of deal you do now. Do you have any more in the, yeah. in the queue? Uh, I'm working on a couple that some, some, it's funny. Once you get a, a, a hook on a seller agent and they come back and forth. And so, yeah, there's a couple deals. I'm, I'm just, I'm working with some seller agents right now. We're trying to negotiate a price. So we'll see. I got, uh, and then I got another one of kind of a bigger project, three houses that I got an older fellow that wants to sell. So that'll just be on the side, no agent. So we're just, we're working on some stuff. I'm mm -hmm. trying to trying to see where that goes but yeah Dude, that's really cool. always got stuff in the pipeline yeah the consistency is so critical like just just making those offers and i and i'm seeing it now and I, like i've never because you hear people say it but i've never been one to make a ton of offers like and i feel like that's what i've been kind of not doing a great job of lately with the exception of i'm sending out offers in florida and i just like blasted out six thousand offers over the course of a month and then i just sent another four thousand yeah. and in like batches of 3000 offers, I tied up a deal out of each one of those, those batches, uh, like a good yeah. deal <laughs> yeah. could be great. We'll see. I mean, time will tell. Uh, but it's like, holy crap, that was a lot of offers to have be made. Now these are blind offers like in the mail, but I mean, for what you're doing, obviously the conversion rate's much higher on that and it's not instant, mm -hmm. but if you're doing, so you're saying four or five offers a week, just always, always making that. I, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm, I'm sh my, my goal is three a week. Three, okay. Three, so I'm trying to look, uh, you know, at night I'll look at the MLS, I'll crunch some numbers. I mean, already in my my head, I, I know yeah. exactly the renovation costs, so, and I'll try to try to shoot out three a week. Okay, so Calgary and, and Kelowna are the two places that make sense to do this? Um, Honestly, like Calgary, Red Deer, Edmonton, I mean, anywhere, anywhere makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but you have it. to have a team, right? Like, this is what I'm, I'm trying to get at. Like, for you, like, I get it. You say yeah. you've got friends, but do you have friends in every city? Like, and <laughs> so, okay, that's a good question. No, yeah. what, what I'll tip, what I'll typically do, because I know what everything costs. Like, I, I'm, I've been doing this so long. And so, uh, you know, let's say in, in, in Calgary, I'll call companies, I'll call handyman that I know that uh, I'll call different people. I'll, and I'll talk to them and I'll even negotiate price on flooring, on framing, on painting. I'll negotiate all that and, and I'll get the prices down that way too. And, and, uh, everything typically goes mm -hmm. pretty smooth. I mean, I did have squatters in one of my properties in Calgary for 14 months. That was hell, but that's a whole different story. Um, 14 months. How, yeah. How'd that happen? I thought the landlord rules were good out there. Oh, you would think so. You would think so, but not when it was COVID. So what happened is I purchased a fourplex in, in Calgary and it, and I had a friend checking on it. He was a real estate agent and it only set, set, it set vacant. Um, there was one unit out of the four, um, that basically had tenants in it. The other three didn't people broke into it and mm -hmm. started squatting and started selling drugs and it turned into a trap house. And I hired a uh, property management team mm -hmm. and they to take care of it. And they said, they kept saying, oh, it's going to be another two months. And I said, what's going on? So it wasn't even had to do with the R RTB. I then hired a uh, lawyer, a residential uh, real estate lawyer. We then had to get a court order. But because of COVID, everything was pushed back in the courts. So it took so long. So it ended up taking me 14 months to get these squatters out. Wow. 
similar yeah. problems to Ontario then. Interesting. But uh, obviously, I think the norm out there is not like that, though. No, right now, I would say if anything like that happened, get a real estate lawyer right away, get a court order. Courts aren't backed up anymore like they used to be. Um, a lot different. Probably two months now, you could get them out. Get them out, yeah. I, I like that, but it just keeps the system more honest. If tenants know they got to pay, they don't play games. If 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 landlords know, like tenants could just go anywhere and rent, and and, and you know, they I think landlords play less games too. Like if you just jack the rents up to whatever you want, your tenants leave. So you're yeah. if you have good tenants, you're not going to do that. You're just going to be reasonable about your your rent increases if you do them at all. Like is that a normal Absolutely. part of your business in in Alberta to do rent increases, or you just look at you whatever what? the market is and try and match it? I I haven't done any rent increases lately. Um, they're good tenants and everything's been going good. So if, as long as they're not giving me headaches, I treat them fair. And mm-hmm. I look at my cash flow and I look at it as a business and I look at where I'm at. As long as I'm cash flowing and making good, I'm not going to up it a whole whole bunch because I don't need those headaches. My end game is scaling this bigger. So mm-hmm. I'm not looking to nickel and dime people that are, that are treating yeah. me well. I want to treat them well. And that's like the way I prefer to, to work in Ontario too. And I think the big problem people have is if you don't keep up with the allowed rental increases, then you just fall behind and you can't, you, then you end up with basically a, a squatter that pays, uh, you know, they're, they're paying so under market. Right. And that's the issue that happens here. Whereas in Alberta, you'll actually have rents come down. Like the market will come down and rents will come down sometimes. Like I'm sure there were landlords yeah. in like after 08 that actually lowered rents for people, you know, the, Oh yeah, oh, for sure. Next year, your rent will be $300 less per month. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So it's just a different environment. I, I would prefer that type of environment, though. It's more honest. Um, I, I, com- I completely agree. And that, that system has been working with me just, just as long as they're respectful and, and, and they're yeah, a good leave tenant. Why? Leave it alone. Yeah. Now, you have a, you can not renew somebody in Alberta, right? Like if they're, if they're a tenant in your building, you can just choose not to renew their, their lease for the next year and then they're done. Like there's no presumed uh, continuation of a lease. Or month correct, it doesn't turn correct. into month to month. No, you could just basically let them know. I mean, what, what a lot of people would do would just say, "Hey, we're upping this a thousand bucks," and they'd be like, "Okay, see ya." Yeah, like, oh, we're not going to pay that. Yeah, and that's, Man, that's, yeah, that's it's, it's, so it's, different from here. That's wild. Oh, so hey, Kelowna's uh, like you guys. We have yeah. we can't get rid of tenants. Calgary's the wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah, yeah, out there in ranching country. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i well all of all of alberta right all yeah. of alberta like i got got in red deer i got a property too but yeah uh, so is that the future for you like alberta investing like are you are you trying to grow more in, within bc or is it not worth it it's where it's it's where the numbers work so i'm doing i, I do like alberta but i love Kelowna. i love bc i love bc's beautiful so I, it's i'm sticking to alberta and bc and mm-hmm. Wherever I, I see it, I'm sending offers and whatever works, works. And like I say, I have no emotional attachment to it. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm right now, I'd love to go down the States. Uh, I don't know a lot about that right now, but I'd work myself down there. But right now I'm sticking to, I mean, I'm, I'm getting these deals. I'm just, yeah. I'm yeah. Just why bother? Like if you've out, got so. your system working there, why bother? Like you don't need to. It, it, exactly i think the states is more of a logical move for people if if you're going to start somewhere or or if you don't like what you're currently doing maybe that's a place to start new but you don't have to of course a lot of people from here are going out to alberta and investing because they like the laws there Um, the numbers that surface value don't seem better um from what i see right now Uh, at least not 
in general. Uh, I'm sure there's like smaller towns and all that that do seem better, of course. But if you're like wanting to invest in like Calgary or Edmonton proper now, like those prices have been pushed up from what I've seen uh, for the Maltese. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just get this uh, from from my brother in law who's often on on my uh, my YouTube show, like you know, saying, "Hey, I like I have people sending me deals they're looking at out there." I'm like, I get the same deal here. So the difference is in the laws, of course. Um, but if with your model, you're you're obviously you're getting great deals because you're putting in aggressive offers on properties that need quite a bit of work. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So these are properties that's, that's, that are so bad that people are letting them sit, like they're they're uh, not they're yeah, not flying every- off the shelf everybody is scared of them that's like my when someone goes in there and they're like oh my god this is like when it stinks and it's gross and there's holes in the wall that's the offers i want because there's a small percentage that that's willing to take that risk and the more risk you take the higher yeah the higher i believe the more value you can create but i don't find like and it's been a while since i've been aggressively trying to find deals in ontario but i don't really find that yeah. those deals at least not in the height of the market were sitting like it didn't matter what the property looked like there was always a buyer and so yeah. it, it's gotten to a point now where it's a more balanced market out there. So the, the crappy properties don't sell, huh? I think right now, yeah, with all those interest rate hikes, it's balanced mm-hmm. out. It's and a balanced market. Interest- yeah. It's, Which is where exactly. the opportunity, this is why I say like everyone looking at the US, there's opportunity here because now sellers will listen. Like you're having sellers call you back. Like that didn't exactly. exist two, three years ago. They weren't calling no. back because they didn't need to. And that's when I flipped to Alberta and Alberta was still slowly climbing. So I hit Alberta at the bottom and then I came back to Kelowna on this last deal with the interest rate hike. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just kind of following the markets. I follow the interest rates because I truly believe, I mean, if, if they do start lowering it, it's what's going to happen. I I mean, we don't have inventory. We don't go back up. Exactly. Oh yeah, you're, it's in, on you're sale in a right great now. position from what I can see once those those go back up, especially because the numbers you're giving me, they can survive the 7% interest rates. They could probably survive 10, 12. Um, yeah. That's yeah. the place where I want to be as an investor. I don't want to be riding a thin margin like, oh, if rates go up to 4%, it won't cash flow anymore. That's not a good model to build on. Not in my opinion. That's, anyway. that's, no, and that's if you scale large at that, that's how you, that's how you go bankrupt. Yeah, exactly, because it just takes a, a scenario like what happened where uh, the Bank of Canada honeypotted everybody and said, oh, they'll stay low forever or a long, long time, and they just started jacking rates anyway. Like, you can't trust anything they say. And exactly. when you have such a thin margin like Ontario, it was, you know, it was a recipe for disaster. So anyways, things look uh, look like they're they're more positive going forward. But again, you don't take them at their word. So we'll just have to see how things play out here in Ontario. Uh, but if you go out like you're yeah. doing and you just you just insist yeah. on getting a fantastic deal, then yeah, then it really doesn't matter. And that's much, I don't I'd much rather no. be there. Just don't settle. Just get a yeah. great deal. Um, so you're willing to put in the time. It does take some time to renovate these. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and coordinate all that. And how does that fit? Like, what's your daily schedule look like? Are you eight hours of work plus doing all this? <sighs> So no, so basically my job right now is uh, I will I'm in sales for heating and cooling, so furnaces, air conditioners, heat pumps, things like that. So I'll go into a home and I'll sit down with customers and talk to them. So typically, you know, I'll have three three a day. So in between, I'm driving, I'm sending emails for that, I'm you know there. But in between, I'll be making phone calls, organizing this at night. So it just it can intertwine with my life right now. Everything can kind of works. Nice. And do you have kids? 
No kids, no kids, just a girlfriend. Yeah, I was I was assuming that would have come up because you wouldn't have had the time at, at night to be entering or <laughs> searching deals. Yeah, very so true. The, very the nighttime true. is the time for for uh, for checking out properties and and crunching numbers and and looking at properties that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. I'll kind of go onto the MLS website. I'll see it. Um, I'll use your spreadsheet. And then, I mean, like, I, I know my numbers pretty well. I know my renovation costs. Because, um, right, I got 22 doors right now. I've been doing this for so much. It's just, it's almost, you know, it's the same old dance. So, yeah. And then just my my thing is, I would say, stay consistent. Do three offers a week. And you're bound to have a real estate agent come back to you and say, okay. And, and the big thing is to know how to negotiate. Like I read a book called um, Never Split the Difference, Chris Voss, and I use all his questions out of there. And it's surprisingly, if they want to sell and you're the only person that's interested, yeah. depending on certain things, they will come down. Yeah, Never Split the Difference. I've heard of that one. I got to check if I have that in my library because I want to check that it's, out. It, that's the best negotiating book to ever. Yeah, I, would, I would highly, highly recommend it. I, I I use it on a daily. That's awesome. And everybody could use more training in negotiations and sales. Like those are two things that everybody should take training on. Books, Absolutely. courses if you can, if you got the time. Um, okay, so Aaron, what motivates you to keep growing? Like, I mean, I, I get it. You still have the job, so that's kind of taking care of your day-to-day -day needs. Uh, the, the real estate portfolio seems to be a long-term wealth play for you, but also a huge cash flow mm -hmm. play if they're doing what, mm -hmm. what the student rental looks like it's going to do. So, I mean, do you need the job? Like what, what's, what's the bigger picture look like to you? No, I, I don't need the job right now. Um, I, I don't know. I just have fun with it. I look at it. I look at it more as a game. I look at real estate as a that game and I just, I, yeah, like there's no, I don't, I'm not emotionally attached. It's not, you know, I'm kind of a frugal person. I don't like fancy things. Um, I just, I have fun with it. And it's more of, I want to get it at this number. I'm going to try to get this. It's just a, it, I just look at it as a game. That's it. And I totally got that from the way you talk. Uh, like that, it's not like this big goal you're going for. It's just like, hey, this is kind of fun. I like doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't get bored that's of it? That's it. No, I love it. it. I love it. No, because there's such a high when you when you get that, you know, when you close a deal at such a ridiculous number. It's just like, wow, I got another one. Yeah, that's great. My my mother in law is like that. I always remember her uh, her saying stuff like that. She'd actually she have a bell in her office that she would ring when she just like crushed a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it it probably very similar. So I yeah. could never see myself. Like I said, I, I'm not a person that can ever retire. I have ADD. I always like to be on the go. Yeah. Um, I have I have fun with everything. So it's just one big game. That's it. Love it, man. That's great. And that's yeah. it's like very useful. It just keeps you moving forward and like winning. So now you just have this it's, growing portfolio that's just going to like take care of your family and future generations and all that. So um, love to hear it. Where exactly. do people uh, follow you, learn more about you? Um, I mean, I don't have very much. I have, I have Instagram, um, and people are, feel free to, if they have questions or anything, they can email me, um, okay. Aaron at blairmechanical.com or, okay. or phone me. I'm, I'm, I'm wide open. If anybody has, a, uh, wants to ask me any questions about renovations, any questions about negotiations, anything I'm, I'm here. I, I don't mind, uh, 
a five minute phone call, 10 minute phone call. So cool, man. Well, yeah, this has been, uh, it's been interesting. It's nice to hear, you know, people are still getting it done. Like it's just that no excuses, just set your parameters. Um, one thing I did was want, before we go, um, could you just walk me through real quick? Like what's your, what is it that you're looking for when you're going out and looking for properties, uh, right now? Like Mm-hmm. You set your search parameters. What's what are the things that you're kind of looking for to just disqualify all the other deals and just focus on the ones that are going to fit your criteria? Yeah, what what I do is I look up duplexes that tr- I can either convert into fourplexes right now, and I'm starting to do bigger sixplexes. And then I put uh, you can put a number of days it's been on. You can put the amount. So typically, you know, I look if it's ninety, a hundred days, two hundred days. And I'll just call the real estate agent right away and I'll just feel them out and I'll, you know, Hey, what's going on? Why do they want to sell it? I'll try to get some information from their side, uh, see if they're an urgent seller, see where they're at. And, uh, typically I'll just say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really interested and I'll start the process with that. But I would say just have the MLS app, uh, look for whatever you're looking for. I typically do plexes to turn into four plexes and then just have those conversations and consistently consistently call consistent because practice makes perfect repetition is the mother of all skill and are you are you following up with these realtors like do you are you tracking them in a spreadsheet and following up with them uh, I, like, I am not tracking them in a spreadsheet so I'm you're just calling them you're winging it every day you're just calling what you see no, and, i've already uh, talked to that one <laughs> exactly and if they I, they have my number they have my information and hey three weeks they get back to me and i said oh, okay this one's coming back but i will say this you need a certain skill set. Learn how to negotiate. Learn how to talk. Learn if if you don't know, right? I, I'd recommend all that. Don't you know? You can just go into it blind, but you should you should practice and you should always be learning new skills. And if you're negotiating and you're doing like this, um, learn how to negotiate. Learn how to communicate. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. All right, Aaron, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, that brings us to about yeah, an hour sure. here, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to meet. This was a really interesting conversation and um, stay, stay in touch, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Andrew. Talk soon. And now a word from our sponsor, Control and Compound. Here's how infinite banking works in under 60 seconds. You have to save your money somewhere. Well, we think the best place to save it is inside a cash value life insurance policy. You save some money in there, it grows tax-free for the rest of your life. Then an opportunity or emergency comes comes along. Let's say a few years down the road, you can buy a business, buy a property, buy an income-producing asset. You leverage the infinite banking policy, borrow against your asset, take advantage of the opportunity. But your money still stays in the infinite banking policy. You're not borrowing your money, you're borrowing the insurance company's money. So your money's in the policy, it's in the opportunity, and it's providing a death benefit. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. You get to retirement, you have this massive cash value life insurance, leverage that tax-free, and you don't repay those loans. You sit on the beach and you spend that money tax-free every month, doesn't show up on a tax return, and you leave your family a huge tax-free death benefit. For more information, visit www.controllingcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines.